I was laughing. We went to, to leave. And, uh, of course, he had invited us over to this new fellowship that you're a part of and Pastor Ryan. I was talking to him and his wife, Kim, and, and then went to leave. I'm like, oh, where's Marlon? And he just chuckled. He's like, oh, he's probably telling a story and selling a house. <laughs> <laughs> So my name is Dave Smucker. Uh, I'm privileged to be your host here this morning, and I'm here with my good friend Marlon Yoder in Sarasota, Florida, uh, who I would describe serves as one of the top realtors in the region. Um, but as we talk about on this podcast, we talk about what is, uh, how do we have significance, which is often different than what we view success as. I don't particularly just want to label you as a realtor, right? So Marlon. Uh, I would just love to hear a brief introduction from you about who you are, family, marriage, all that fun stuff. So when you think of Marlon Yoder, um, who are you? What are you about? Yeah, well, thank you so much this morning uh, for the invite. Yeah. Uh, you know, really, really uh, honored to be here. Really looking forward to it. We'll have some fun. Uh, but yeah, so I'm Marlon Yoder, you know, married to Aaron. We don't have any children. We have two boxers. Live close by here. I've been in Sarasota for 17 years. You know, been selling real estate for five years now and absolutely having the time of our life. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's the funnest thing I've ever done. I can't believe I get paid to do it. I enjoy it so much. It's amazing. Uh, and obviously, you know, it, it it's not all grand, uh, but but overall, it's like by far the best thing I've ever done. And this morning is a prime example of why I enjoy it so much, because I wouldn't be sitting here with you mm. if I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Wow. So it gets me into situations and in front of people in relationships yeah. that I would have never had yeah. would I not be selling real estate. So yeah. it's so much more than just selling real estate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, my wife uh, works in the business with me. Uh, she's the brains behind the operation. She does <laughs> the marketing. She keeps me focused. Uh -huh. uh, and we really make a good team. She she quit her job. She had a career job in, in uh, you know, she went through college, got out. When we got married, she was in a career job with a health education center. Wow. Uh, she worked with a program that worked with hospitals for t uh, tobacco use. Mm -hmm. You know, people had problems with tobacco use and their doctors were, you know, they were in bad health. They would help them get out of that. Uh, and so, you know, start, I started selling real estate after, after we got married shortly after so a big change. I got married, started selling real estate and bought a pool business and quit a job of nine years, all in like a six months period. Wow. So, uh, you know, really, really drastic change. And looking back, it's like, it's, it, it's unbelievable what the Lord does when you step out in faith and mm -hmm. do something different. Yeah. And so that's where you're saying you moved to Sarasota 17 years ago and then started selling real estate five years ago. So what was in that 12, that first 12 years, what were, what were you focused on primarily in those 12 years? Yes. Yeah, so good question. So those 12 years, I was focused on cleaning up the mess I had made in the prior five years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Took you I, twice as long to clean it up yes, as you did to create it. Yes. Huh? It was, it was a long journey. I, uh, I grew up not knowing the Lord, uh, even though I was in a religious setting, mm. uh, and I made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, and really, I moved down to Florida almost 
like a re like I wanted to reset. I felt like I had a label on my life. I you know I was in partying, I was in drugs, I was in alcohol. I had real issues in my life, mm. and I felt like I needed to break out of that. Mm. Uh, and so I kind of moved down just with that. Like I need to get out. I need to do something. Yeah, uh, I felt very stuck, and so. It literally took me 12 years. Now, it was about three years into that when I got born again and I met the Lord. Mm. And so very fruitful years. It's not like I had 12 years to clean it up, but my credit was less than 600 and I had no money yeah. and a bunch of bad debt. Mm. So very slowly, you know, I started doing the right thing paying off my debts, building my credit. I mean, I'll never forget, and, and this is this is a very interesting fact. My credit was so bad, I couldn't get any credit cards. You know, I had 550 credit score. I couldn't get wow. any credit. I had a hard time getting a checking account. So you're account. paying cash and, and checks yes. and everything that you do. Yeah. I'm getting my paychecks. I'm cashing it, putting it in my drawer, <laughs> tithing. And and I always say this, too. My, my, my finances got saved when I got saved. Wow. Right? However... It's not an overnight fix. It's not like if you start yeah. tithing, you just be become blessed overnight, yeah. right? I still had many uh, uh, years of feeling like I really was behind, yeah. and, but but doing the right thing compounded is what creates success and yeah. getting ahead. Wow. Right. And I love that, too, is I've just been having multiple conversations with people recently about we have this great vision that we have for our lives. We have great vision of the things we're leading or giving our time to. And many times it feels like God's timing is so slow. But what I'm becoming more aware of is he is actually really focused on developing us as a person, developing us as right. a leader because he can't release the fullness of everything that he has for our lives if we're not ready for it. That's and so right. he's not going to crush us. He's too good to crush us. <laughs> and so like here, it took him 12 years maybe to continue to peel back the layers and for you to establish those disciplines and just being intentional around that. But I also find it, funny, find it funny that you talk about Aaron really being the brains and like keeping you centered because even at church Sunday morning, I was laughing. We went to, to leave. And, uh, of course, he had invited us over to this new fellowship that you're a part of. And Pastor Ryan, I was talking to him and his wife, Kim, and, and then went to leave. I'm like, oh, where's Marlon? And he just chuckled. He's like, oh, he's probably telling a story and selling a house. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that's just who you are. Yeah, you're right. fine. You're relational. <laughs> and that just allows you to thrive in what you do. But somewhere you still need some balance right. and structure and focus, right? Yep. So. What is your core focus, though, understanding that's part of your journey, but now you arrive as a realtor. What is your core focus? And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're one of the top realtors in Sarasota. So what are some of the benchmarks or the the um, yeah qualifiers, I would say, that for you, where are you positioned in the market currently in Sarasota? I mean, uh, qualifiers for a top for a top realtor is sales volume, mm. right? So consistent performance where you are you look at your sales volume per year and you see where you fall in line. So there's yeah. 6,000 realtors in Sarasota. So, you know, high competition. It's it's not, yeah, everybody does it. Everybody has a realtor's license. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same as everything else where as long as you can get into the top 20%, you can make a real living. Mm. The top 20% make 80% of the money. Yeah. And then it happens again. Uh, so that's what, what the qualifiers are on being a top realtor mm -hmm. is sales production. Uh, so I've been selling since 2018. I got mm -hmm. my license in 2017 in October. I've been selling in 2018. I sold six houses. It's been quite a progression, right? So 
in 2018, I sold six houses and they were all under 300,000. Mm. And I remember being in the office and think, seeing these guys selling $500,000 houses. I'm thinking if I could just sell one $500,000 house, I would, life would be good, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so fast forward to today, like I have been able to, through building and just keeping on working, I've been able to get to where I've been in the top 1% wow. in sales volume out of 6,000 agents in Sarasota for almost four years running. Wow. Uh, and so I, I, I feel it's it's humbling for me to say that, and I don't even like saying it. Right, right? Yep. It's uncomfortable because it, it's hard for me to believe that that's actually a reality. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's something that is it's the goodness of God in our lives and it's using kingdom principles mm. in a way that is so simplistic that I tell people this all the time. So being a top 1% agent is something that is a very lofty thing to attain for if you're starting new as a realtor. Yeah, I never had a goal to be a top 1% agent. Yeah, Never. My only focus, and to this day, it's not my goal. Like mm. I don't sit here and look and say, okay, that's where I need to be next year. If mm. I'm if I'm in the top five percent or ten percent next year, I'm not going to think of myself any different. What I focus on a day to day basis is what I focus on, mm. uh, and so I never attained and never thought and never sat down and said, okay, I'm going to the top. Yeah, right. I'm just looking to make some money. I'm just looking to <laughs> to to sell real estate, and if other people can do it, I like challenges, mm. right? And so I think that's why it was appealing to me. But what I've discovered is the the question I ask myself every morning, and the way I have caught to where I am a top one percent agent in Sarasota is is this simple question: How can I add value mm. to the people in front of me today? Yep. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday, today. Yeah, and and it doesn't have anything to do with real estate. It is life. Who is in front of my life today that I can add value to and do that every single day? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, I'm in the top one percent, and I didn't even try. Yeah, you were just adding value along the along the way. That's and, all and I do with the people that you were encountering. That's correct. And so it it that. Part of it, I really do think, is such a simple thing mm -hmm. that most of us miss it. Yep. But it truly is how the world works. Yep. And I can attest to that because I was just starting to, I was starting to be in circles where I was starting to hear that language. Like, how do we add value to people, even in ministry or in life or in our businesses? And then through the a couple friends, like they, when I was talking about, you know, buying a home down here in Sarasota or had a deal, had a family deal with a home. It was like, well, who do I contact? Like, is it a smart buy? What's the market rate? Like, what's the family price? How do we go about this? And so I reached out to a couple of friends and they were like, Marlon Yoder, like, just reach out to him. And I reached out to you and I made it very clear up front. You're not going to get anything out of this deal. I mean, this is going to be a private family deal. We're just looking to see like, what is the current market in Sarasota? What's the value of the home? Is it a smart investment? All this fun stuff. And I remember that first conversation, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not really worried about getting anything out of it. I just want to add value. And you did. You added him tremendous value to us. You gave us, you know, free information, valuable information that gave me the confidence to move forward. It gave us the clarity we needed to move forward. And then That's great. I can think about, well, then a friend of mine had a home down here. His mom passed away, right? And they wanted to sell their home. 
And I was pretty adamant with my friend that they contact no one other than this wonderful Marlon Yoder because he adds value, right? Right. And that was six months later. And so I just saw that unplay. What you're saying, I saw unfold firsthand. I was part of that. And so uh, I would love just to hear a little bit more, like, how do you how do you add value then? So you have right. this idea every day, I want to add value to people. What's your approach in adding value? Right. So that's a good question, because I have a lot of people, uh, especially young agents, you know, if I, if I am talking to them, I can see this look of, you know, almost sheer, like, 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 fear coming over them of how do I do this, right? It feels yep. like a lofty thing to add value to people. And... Uh, it, it, if there's any of that in me, I check myself because the, the, the focus that I have is everybody connects and wants authenticity. Mm -hmm. And so value has to be real. So if I meet somebody like I have that in my head and I, I have that on my mind and I pray about adding value to people and being a resourceful uh, connection. But when I meet people, I'm not sitting there and in my head trying to figure out how I can add value as I'm talking to them. Mm -hmm. I don't do any of that. Like it's important to be authentic, to be present and listen to what they're doing, actually take an interest in the people. And I found everybody has needs. Mm. Everybody has something they're trying to do. Everybody has a connection that if they would have it, they could go faster or they could go quicker or it would help them. Mm -hmm. So if I meet people and I genuinely don't have an answer to the question of how I can add value to them, I do nothing. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, You don't have to. Being authentic is real value because the world lacks authenticity. Mm. So if you don't have anything real, just be real in that. Don't fabricate don't something. Don't fabricate anything because there's nothing that turns you off more mm. than when somebody tries to add value and it's not authentic. You yeah. know, like, you know, I think you should meet this guy or, you know, yeah. whatever. It, it has to be authentic. Uh, so that's what I always tell people is it, it, it's simple. You, as long as you have ears and you're listening, you will run across things all the time where you're like, you know what? You need to talk to this guy. And and you know if they connect, it's going to be better for them. Mm. If you do that over a long period of time, it really makes a difference. Uh, I, I just have one story of how this journey started for me. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So so uh, what the way and, and kind of the light bulb moment, uh, there were two things. One, I read a book by Daniel Laban called Thou Shall Prosper. Mm. And it is, it is a Jewish thing thought and explanation from a Jewish rabbi on why the Jewish community is 10 to 1 more successful from a monetary standpoint than Western thinkers. Mm. Why is that, right? It is their worldview and how they think. Mm -hmm. And from a young age, they are taught that everything in the universe is divine designed by our creator, mm. right? And the reason why he divinely designed monetary money into our system is because we're selfish humans and we're made in his image because of sin. We don't want to have relationship. We want to isolate ourselves. Mm. Money forces us to serve one another because you cannot live without money and you cannot make money without interacting with other people. Wow. That is the purpose of money. So money is a good thing that is a divine design by our creator into our system. It is not a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. It is a spiritual matter 
that is a motivator to serve God's other children. Hmm. That was a paradigm shift for me. So I got that from reading the book, right? That's why I quit my job. It gave me the confidence, and that was the worldview that changed. So, so I had that, but then when I started selling, I just, by chance, got a broker that understood the same principles. Mm. And so early on, I'm out to breakfast at a restaurant with my broker, and the server knew me. Uh, I used to sell food, and she came up and said, hey, you're in real estate. Hey, mm. you know, so now, how are things going? And, you know, just all bubbly. She's yeah. a server, yeah. so she likes people. Yeah. And she said, hey, uh, my husband is a handyman, and he is always looking for work. If you ever have clients that need, you know, handyman stuff done, here's his number, right? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Always in you know, need of a good handyman. She leaves. My broker looks at me and says, when we leave here, you call him, you set up a meeting, you go to lunch, and you find out how you can help his business. Wow. On my own, I would have never done that, mm. right? So... I called the guy, set up a meeting. Never forget it. We were at Applebee's out on 41, sat down, and the guy just talked his head off. I didn't, I didn't say a word. I mean, the guy just talked <laughs> just his head listened. off the entire hour and a half. You know, told me his life story, right? Never met the guy. It was fun. We had lunch. Leave. Month later, I have a condo for sale, and there was a water leak. There was some drywall work that needed to be done. I referred him, right? And I, to this day, I don't know if he ever got the job. I don't think he got the job. I'm not sure. But I referred him. I know he gave a quote. You know, mm -hmm. he knew I referred him to my client. Yep. And it was about three months later. And, and this is long-winded, but I'm getting there. Yep. Uh, about two months later, 7 o'clock at night, I'm driving. Phone rings. Pick up. It's him. He says, hey, uh, we're thinking about selling our house. We want you to stop by. When can you stop by? Like, pretty eager. And... I mean, this was early on. I didn't get those calls. You were calls. hungry, man. I, 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 right. I don't <laughs> get hungry. these calls. I was shocked. I said, okay, I'll be over tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, you know? Yeah. And so I go over, and, and this is the thing that blew my mind. So they had a house. They, they, it was paid for. It was inherited. It was in dire shape. It couldn't be financed. The one bathroom was two by four studs. Uh, it was a pool home. They had somebody knock, uh, an investor that knocks neighborhoods. They had an, uh, an investor knock on their door, gave them an offer for 188 cash mm. and wanted to buy it. And so they called me and they brought me in and they said, first, we want to know what you think of this offer, but we would prefer if you have a buyer to sell it to your buyer because we want you to make money. Wow completely blew my mind mm. because I had taken time out of my life to take an interest in their life. Mm -hmm. And I had simply tried to help them. And out of that, they could have sold that house. If I would have not taken that phone call and taken him out to lunch and referred him, mm. I would have been one of the other 6,000 realtors and he would have never called me when he got that offer and he would have sold it. Yeah. Right. But because I did that simple task, mm of going out and meeting him, he called me and sits down and tells me point blank, we want you to make the money, not the realtor that brought the offer. That's so crazy. <laughs> so it was just instant, instant. You saw it unfold that pretty was, rapidly right, early on. Right. Yep. That was that was a light bulb moment. Yep. From that moment on, that's the only thing I've ever done. Wow. 
And you did, you touched base on worldview there a little bit. You said reading that book and some of this actually started to change your worldview. And I just remember one of our first conversations, I think when we met, uh, you know, actually face to face the first time, then you were sharing a little bit about your journey, you know, working a job, not that working a job somewhere for 50 years is a bad thing, right? But you were working with a mentality that almost like a, a, a lack mentality. There's not enough to go around. I just need to like work. And then, uh, so what? What was your worldview growing up, or perhaps during those twelve years? Kind of, what was your mentality then, and when did that start to shift? Good question. Uh, I mean, it, it's such a it's such a progression and yeah. a Cancun. Because you have this light bulb, you know, right. the hallelujah moment that you can clearly identify, but the shift is probably starting a little right. further back. So, right. where did you start from, and where were you, and what was that for you? So, so I would say, I mean, growing up, I grew up on a farm. There was ten of us kids. We had an absolute blast, but. Farming doesn't really make money. Mm. And so I saw my dad struggling financially. I mean, we were never hungry, but we did not have any extra money ever. And I always looked at that and I felt bad for him. Like it, it just like my, my heart kind of like, man, like and, and then we had we had cousins who were the exact opposite of that. They had they they were building new houses. They they had real monetary uh, uh, options that we did not have. Mm -hmm. So, uh, where it started, I mean, I remember as a kid, I don't know how old I was, eight, 10, 12 years old. I remember in the summertime laying out in the front yard, you know, Amish farm grass dews on the, you know, and, and Milky Way's bright. Yeah. Right. That is one of the greatest or and easiest ways to get your imagination active is to stare into the Milky Way with, no thought in the world yeah. and just let your imagination go. And I think our imagination is one of the most powerful gifts from God. It's creative, right? He's a creative God and yes. he gave us that ability to create with yes. him. Yep. So that is where the vision of what I'm living now as a kid at that age, I dreamed of what I'm living right now. Wow. Right. Yeah. So it, I obviously felt hopeless and I felt like I, I didn't have an option and it was pretty, pretty uh, depressing because I didn't see a way that I could actually live mm. a business life and a successful life. Uh, and when I was 18 years old, I that where it really started uh, on changing my worldview and getting hope was when I was 18 years old, I became a part of a multi-level marketing mm. business. And in that business, I started reading books. And one of the first books I read was The Magic of Thinking Big. Mm. Right. That book is one of the best books if you want a book on perspective in life that you'll ever read. Wow. And so, you know, I had all these different pieces along the journey where I kind of had the vision and then it was a it was a birthing process that took 20 years. You know, it's, it's a success story of 20 years. Yeah. Right. And then when the when the breakthrough happens, everybody looks around and say, oh, what did he do yesterday? <laughs> right. But there you, you've been on this process. Right. So even even when we chatted just a little bit earlier, we were talking about, again, like we we pursue success, Western standards of success, because we think it's going to lead to significance. And I would just love to hear your perspective on that again of like, what is success and what is significance? Uh, how does that equate? That's such a loaded question, right? It is, yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, what is success? To me, 
the only success that I can quantify as success is knowing Jesus. Mm. Because that's, that is the only thing that has eternal value that never ends. Mm. So knowing him and knowing who we are in him, why he made us, why we're here, having our identity in him, mm. that is success. Mm. If I go out and I become a billionaire and I don't know Jesus and I don't have eternal life, mm. then I am not successful in my in my perspective. Mm. Uh, so the, the monetary part of success that we you you know if we think of money and we think of social status yep. for success that might be a small part of it but you can have that without knowing the lord mm. and without having eternal life mm. and without having a successful family life i mean one of the other things that i personally use as a measure of how i'm doing on how i measure my own success is Having having the respect and the love of the people that are closest to you, mm. to me, is one of the biggest measuring sticks I use to measure my success. Wow. Because if, if the people that are the closest to me, if my wife does not respect the man that I am, I am not successful. Mm. But if I have her respect and I'm treating her properly and she admires and respects me, that is the biggest wealth in the world. Wow. It's so good because we, as we, as a recap, we were talking about okay, you can have Western measures of success and have zero significance, right? But you can't have significance. Um, so you can't have significant like significance and uh, kingdom success per se are more tied together. So you can have Western views of success and not have significance. But if you're going to have significance, you're going to be successful in kingdom principles. That's correct. And really what I'm hearing you say is like, hey, if those closest to me, if I value them, if I actually love them, and in return, like they appreciate who I am and they respect me for who I am in the Lord, then that is your measure of success. And that that is significant, right? I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of life... And you're sitting there or laying there, however it all ends up being, right? Like, were you significant in those areas? And what I'm hearing you say is those that what is really significant to you is valuing and loving the people that are closest to you. Well, right. I mean, one of the biggest tests tests of unconditional love is definitely marriage, because in marriage, you cannot hide. Mm. So the the challenge of every marriage and the testimony of the power of it is when you have a thriving marriage, it's two people that know each other, everything about each other, and are able to love each other despite their weaknesses. Wow. There's real power in that. And and that's what the Lord does with us, mm. right? Yeah. His love is unconditional to us, not based on performance, not based yep. on what we screwed up today. <laughs> it's based on who he is, yeah. not who we are. Wow. Wow, so good. So I was one of the questions and things I was curious on, or I guess the perspective, the the introduction to this is was a year ago when I was down. We were at our friend Amos and Liz's house for dinner that evening, and we just had to, there again. We were just hanging out, having dinner with fun. friends, having a good conversation, right? And the and the, and the conversation at that time was centered a bit around what is success? How do we have an impact? How do we have an in, how do we influence? How do we live a life of significance? And so we were already talking about those ideas then. And then I just remember something you said that, you know, for most of the night, we've been talking about what, what you would, what we would call down and outers, those that are down on their luck per se, or living in poverty, or those that are really having a hard time in life. Uh, and then you said, well, in the industry I'm in and the, and the demographic I'm serving, 
I'm connecting with a lot of how you would describe as up and outers, right? They were very successful. They had large portfolios, uh, but they had this inner emptiness. They weren't fulfilled on the inside, right? And so what do you see operating in that that demographic, I would say? Uh, just, I would love to hear your thoughts on that, if you remember that conversation, or even your current thoughts on that. How, how do you engage with people that have every measure of success that, that you could think of in the Western world, but are empty inside and are not in fulfillment, and you're working with them in a real estate deal? Right. Yeah, so uh, one, one of the reasons why I made that comment is I feel like so many times in our uh, spiritual life, we feel like, you know, the poor and the homeless and the prostitutes and the drunkards. Mm. And, and, and I love ministering to the broken. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 it's not that I don't like it, but what I've discovered is the Lord's heart is just as passionate about the people uh, no matter what their circumstances are. And we... If we, if we aren't careful, we will limit God in our lives by wow. having an imposter syndrome and not feeling like we are worthy to be used for people who are up and outers, wow. right? Where we feel like we aren't in a place where he would use us to influence people that have influence or people who are really successful. Mm. And he doesn't see that. Yeah. He just sees either lost or not lost, yeah. right? And so... In it, it's the heart. That's the heartbeat behind it. I feel like his heart is. I'm looking for people who know who they are and realize that I want to speak to all people and I want to reach all people mm. and the circles that you're in. It's a complete different conversation and it's a complete different way of interacting when you're interacting with people. There's a lot of ego mm. in the world that if you're in a world in, in the world of real estate and, you know, wealthy investors and wealthy agents, uh, it's a whole different people skilled type of tool belt that you need when you're when you're interacting in that world. But my my uh, from my perspective, what I've noticed is it it's unusual and i'm i'm an oddity in that world and people pay attention and mm. notice that i'm not striving yeah and they notice that you know like i've had people ask me to lie for them like where i have clients and if you have morals and you're you're not striving and you're laid back and you are focused on principles that you're following it sticks out to them and wow. it makes them ask questions yep. and everybody in that world is just as hungry for truth as the prostitute is that's, that's what i found yep. yes so god's love for the broken is not through the lens of social status no. right we're so quick Correct. to put social status good bad or indifferent on people and then love them accordingly right and what I'm hearing you say is God sees people and loves them regardless of social status. And you're either broken and disconnected from him or you're connected to him as a as a child. That's correct. But it's interesting you talk about those principles because, again, you're talking about, hey, I love the Lord. I've been pursuing him, kingdom principles and all of that. But you are in a demographic sometimes where that's not part of the equation. And they ask you just like, here, they want you to lie for him. They want you to cover for him. And, they, and so how do you live out your values and your principles um, within that demographic in your day-to-day -day life? Uh, 
Right. I mean, if it really comes down, it, it very seldom that that has happened, but it has happened. And if it comes down to that, I don't go into a religious pitch. I just say I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, right? you stand like, on your morals that right, you have. Like if, if that is what is needed here, then I'm not the man for the job. And if you want to get somebody else, that is fine, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if you have that conversation, the time that I've had it where, where, that, where that happens, uh, it is an instant... It's like an instant shot of energy where they're at attention. Mm, they have a decision point. Whoa, this guy is not going to do that. And and they every time they've stuck to me more loyal and I still have the relationships. Wow. Right? And what's interesting there, if, if you're being that loyal to your values, whether they realize it or not, it's like, well, wait a minute. If he's not going to fudge on my behalf, he's also not going to fudge on somebody else's behalf if I'm on the receiving end of that, right? right. And so we're quick as humans to almost say, oh, well, now I trust you even more because right. you stuck to your values. Right. So what are some of the biggest challenges? So if you think about you and Aaron and, and you know, you're getting married and you've been in real estate now, you're achieving, you, know, you're, you have some success, uh, what are some of the, the challenges that you currently face? Maybe you don't have challenges, but I'm guessing as a human being, you have some challenges. Are you willing to share them? And if so, what is like a challenge that you face? Because again, by our standards of success, um, society's standards of success, you're very successful. And it's easy for us to think, well, then life is just, just a bed of roses, right? <laughs> they have the secret sauce that we don't have. Right. So what's a challenge that you have if you're willing to share it? I mean, my, my challenge has been the same ever since I've been born. I mean, I am my biggest challenge, right? <laughs> Leading myself is my biggest challenge mm-hmm. by 10 miles. And so, uh, you know, the I would say the, the personality that I have, I am I am a big picture. Yep. Uh, details are definitely my weakness. <laughs> and so my day-to-day schedule is where I would say is about my biggest challenge. Uh-huh. If I can behave myself and stick to my schedule, I can do twice of what I do if I don't. <laughs> so that leads into big picture, big picture dreams. So you, you're here where you are. You don't, you know, you got the journey was what it was. But if you dream about the future, you and Aaron, any idea what that looks like? You know, that's a good question. Uh, you know how it how it's going to look. I don't know. Yeah. And and I've also had enough experience where I've discovered if you think you know how your <laughs> next five and ten years are going to play out. You know, if you listen to heaven, you're going to hear laughing. (laughs) (laughs) There's a way of blowing up our five and 10 year vision statements and all that, right? Right. So, so I don't, I don't think that I have an idea of how he's going to use us, Uh right? Uh, The only, the only thing that I focus on is to the best of my ability being obedient Mm. and not worrying so much about what it looks like, Mm. uh, I will say I have big dreams. I mean, one of my passions and one of my dreams is, you know, within the kingdom Mm -hmm. culture, uh, I'm very passionate about bringing revelation and, and personally knowing the Lord in a way to where I realize that he doesn't have limits. Mm. We're so limit minded as humans and the kingdom doesn't have limits i mean he created the universe into existence by speaking and eternal life is that i might know him wow 
And if I know that God, I do not have limits in my life. Yeah. But yet I do, <laughs> right? So growing in that yeah. and and learning how to walk with him and bring abundance mindset into the kingdom is my big picture that I have no idea what it looks like, but that's what I am passionate about. Wow. And so then at that point, what you're putting your hand to just becomes the vessel. Correct. You're just stewarding what God has given you, but the bigger idea is saying, look, there's this abundance. There's this creator God who has an abundance. And I'm just, I've, that's something I've actually been chewing on the last couple of weeks is this all of marketing is to create a lack mindset. There must be lack in something. And guess what? Our product or what we want to sell you is the solution. <laughs> and that's going to fill that lack. And then you're going to be fulfilled and happier. And then we do this a thousand times over. And at the end, we're just as empty oftentimes. But it is like we've been marketed and actually ingrained now, I believe, with to have this lack mindset. Right. There is a lack in the world. There is a limited supply. And therefore, this is valuable. And we must achieve this to have value and to add value in our lives and be fulfilled. And what I hear you saying, there is a creator God who is in abundance. He has all things. There is not a lack. But we're just stewarding what he's given us. Correct. And these kingdom principles are kind of the guardrails just to keep us on this general path. He's not disciplining us at every move, but he's giving us some principles to live by to keep us on a healthy path towards him is really what I'm hearing you say. So what is the greatest significance you hope your life has? I know we talked about this throughout, but could you summarize as we look to close here uh, at the end of your life? What is significance to you? If you think about what you're adding value, you're living your life, you're trying to be disciplined in your schedule so you can get twice as much done as what I'm hearing. But unto what? Uh, what significance are you hoping your life has? Right. So th- that's, a, that's a, a big thing to think about, right? Because it's forcing you to look at our mortality, right? <laughs> uh, but, I mean... And this is significance and success. The ultimate success is standing before a creator and ha- hear him say, well done, good and faithful wow. servant. Yep. That is significant. Uh, as far as leaving behind, which I think is a little bit more what you're talking about, right? Like how you're remembered uh, and, and, and the impact that you leave of significance in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I think of that, Fulfillment for me and and one of the biggest things that just brings me alive is if I can inspire someone else mm. to connect with the Lord and get excited about their life. Wow. That fuels me. Yeah. Uh so one of my fears is that people are impressed with me. Mm. Because I'm not impressive. <laughs> it's him in you. It's him you. in me and yeah. so significance you know if if i if i have the ability to impact somebody in a significant way my hope is that it's in a way to where they forget who i am <laughs> because they're so excited about who they have learned that they are wow. and what they're called that's to that's so good marlon that is so good even what i'm hearing for you really significance at the end of life is being before your creator and hearing the words well done good and faithful servant and ideally, you impacted a lot of people along the way to discover, help them discover who they are 
and you're willing to be forgotten. Yes. Uh, but you just want them and, to and be. And they get there, and they hear the same thing. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Come, that is the kingdom. Yes. That is the beauty of, of who he is and what he wants to do in and through us. And what a privilege. Amen. So thank you, Marlon. Uh, I hope this was as fun for you as it was for me. I just appreciate our friendship, appreciate who you are. And man, I feel like I was thinking I should have probably invited Erin as well because she's the one that helps keep the That's keep right. things from just <laughs> spilling over and running off the tracks every day, right? And so I would love to even gain her perspective sometime of like what's what's her approach because right. you guys are really synergizing as a team is what I'm hearing. Right. And it's more than doubling your impact, obviously, because two you know, one plus one equals more than two in the kingdom. Right. And so, yeah, maybe, but I, all this to say, Marlon, just appreciate the friendship, appreciate you guys' intentionality. Uh, what a privilege. Thanks for taking time here to be with us. Thanks for sharing your heart. And man, may God bless you guys on your journey. And I have no doubt as we sit here that you're going to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And so thank you for ready for being a great friend. Thank you. Yeah. So, so much fun to be here and, uh, you know, just bless you and everything yeah. that you're doing as well and pray yeah. that, you know, God will multiplied a hundredfold. Yep. And so thanks to our listeners for tuning in here. If you want to learn more about Alliance Network, check out our website, allianceus.org. Is there a way that they can learn more about you? Is there a website or something they can go to if they want to learn more about Marlon as a realtor or need, have a need in the Sarasota community? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, you know, talking about marketing and lack, you know, for all you people that are up in the Midwest and it's cold (laughs) out there and uh, your life is lacking because you don't have a house down here, I can help you with that. (laughs) Abundant sunshine available, huh? Uh, I'm totally kidding. Uh, I have a I have a website MarlonYodaRealtor.com that you yeah. can find me on. Yeah. Uh, my phone number's on there. My email's yeah. on there. You know, yeah. anybody wants to reach out, they can find me on yeah. there. Wonderful. And uh, <laughs> most of all, to our listeners, whether you're lacking sunshine <laughs> or whether you have an abundance of it, bless you in your journey. Thanks for tuning in. We love you guys, and thanks again, Marlon. Awesome. Great to be here.